talk? Okay. All right, just um, start talking. All right, I'm talking with my mouth hole uh, that comes out of my mouth. I have a second hole from the hole in my face called the mouth hole that protrudes from okay, the mouth. Okay, we're good. I wonder if someday you'll ever and now I can put out again. What, the nonsense that I fucking say. All right. Nice. I'm probably going to get some after what I'm doing the minimal editing that I do now. Well, I went to um, I went to Lum's Pond this morning mm. for a friend's birthday, and we had like a picnic, um, and there was a lot of food. It was very nice seeing the people. I love them very much. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's so much. Slurp. Slurp, slurp. Sleep, slurp. Yeah, so so we're doing 7, 8, 9, and 10. Hopefully, yeah. And hopefully that doesn't take way longer than the, la the rest of it. Did it sh well, hmm, maybe <laughs> it will. Perhaps, we'll see. Opening the, okay. the lower ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Bless you. Um, that was a cough. Let's, okay. right, let's have a couple of seconds of silence and then fucking just start it. Oh, yeah, the silence for the background noise is less important. That, that's not what I meant, but I just meant... Okay, whatever. It is helpful. Alright, let's see. Okay, alright, that works. Hello, this is the beginning of the episode. We're talking now. Our goal for... But... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would be done with that when we started recording, but I guess not. No, man, I got half a bag left. I'll probably... Man, you might hear a couple crunches here and there while you're talking, but I think maybe I shouldn't have taken it right after I did. Also, I'm recording this on my bed, so my microphone's going to kind of go everywhere, so I apologize for um that. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of weather issues, and now we're working with the aftermath of that. My computer almost got water damage, but it didn't, so now I'm on my laptop. Anyways, uh, hello, welcome back to this fucking shit show. Yeah. Um, the, we're doing, we're still doing what happened to Site 13. Yeah, we're gonna uh, finish it up. There's four kind of addendum sections left. Mm -hmm. And yeah. last we left off, there's the, there's like, creatures that are, it's an alternate reality site from like the 60s or something, where in, whenever, where the Foundation and the Global Occult Coalition kind of merged. And so anytime they were done testing things, they would just burn them in a single pit and didn't see any issues with that. Um, and so they all kind of... And then there was, yeah, there was some kind of bug that would f consume bodies and such, and it destroyed it. And then they uh, initiated the, like, Thrasher program or whatever. Yeah, to try and get rid that of it. That essentially it's... just shooped it to another Thrasher. <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't kinda... a good time to begin with. If you want the specifics, be sure to check out the last episode. I would check out the last episode in general. Yeah, um, and uh, there's some other stuff. Like, if you want to look at it content. yourself, there's some images. There's the audio file, like we mentioned, that we did a reading of instead of actually just playing the audio file. Um, um, yeah, we're starting off, we're picking up back off today on Addendum point seven. Um, do you want to start with that one? Updated Exploration Memorandum. So there's a... Hold on. Okay, um... So there's an image to the side of it that's showing, like, the research area access, which is, like, another, yet another abandoned building. Does it have the logo on it? Hold on. No, it uh, doesn't. What logo? I thought they photoshopped or hung up the SCP logo to get that image. But it's yeah, just it a sign. Like 
Yeah, no, I thought that sign in front of the door was a logo. Well, you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> anyway, updated exploration memorandum. In light of recent information gathered by Foundation surveillance teams, it has been deemed pertinent to once again send exploration and recovery teams into Site-13. By order of Overwatch Command, SCP-1730's containment procedures have been updated. Mobile Task Force Tau-5, Samsara, are currently under consideration for deployment. Details to follow. This just reminded me. So the audio file that we got last time was is a transmission that is being sent out from within it, within the site, that the guy had said that is going to loop until he dies. And if yeah. you're receiving this, I'm still alive, please come help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot so about that's, that. So that's, that's important. That's why they're going back in. Yeah, so that's that's the whole point of uh, data recovery. So, okay, so moving on to addendum uh, point eight, exploration and recovery log transcripts. First one is exploration log, um, log one. So exploration video log transcript, the date is blacked out. Exploration team, mobile task force, Apollo 3, game wardens. Subject is 1730. Team lead is AP3 Ross. Members are AP3 Houston, Noah, Ohalo, and Diego. Begin log. Ross. Radio's live. Everybody good? Diego. Hang on. Site command. 60 seconds to insertion. Copy. Diego, you good? Yeah, I got it. Are we set? We're good. Alright, stay cool. Keep your lights on, and if you see anything suspect, hit your visors. That has a footnote. It says, each member of the AP3 team was equipped with a scramble, which is all caps, Visor unit, which was capable of processing and filtering out known anomalous mimetic devices in near real time. These devices, which have been previously tested on other anomalous meme, yeah, memes uh, and active visual hazards, uh, would passively filter out all known hazards and could be activated, quote unquote, to filter out all written language, drawings, symbols, diagrams, etc. if they were believed to be potential hazards. Hit your visors and give everyone else the heads up. Remember, the internal t- topography of this place is unstable, so there's a pretty good chance we'll be separated. If we do, stay put until the place stabilizes. And somebody will come pick you up. Use broadcasters if nobody's responding, and shoot anything that moves, unless it's one of us, probably. Then definitely shoot the team. Thirty seconds to insertion. Houston, you take lead. Our information suggests this entrance leads down a pretty long staircase, but there shouldn't be any other doors we encounter until we hit the bottom. So we should be more or less safe until we get there. Got it? Got it. Any other questions? Oh, Hala, you're quiet back there. I'm good, boss. All right, that's what I want to hear. Ten seconds to insertion. Here we go. Gabe Mordens, you are clear to begin operation. All right, let's roll. The team enters 1730. As expected, initial interior space is a long descending staircase. AP3 Houston takes lead. Team, we're monitoring you from here, but let us know if you hear, see, or experiencing uh, anything unexpected. Copy. The team descends for three minutes. The interior of 1730 is unlit, with the only luminescence coming from the shoulder-mounted lights of MTF AP3. How are we looking? Pretty good. We... I see a door up here on the landing. Yeah, I see it too. Alright, that's unfortunate. Oh, hello, Noah, keep an eye on your backs when we pass it. Hang on. The team stops at the landing. AP3 Houston tries the door, but it's locked. There's air blowing under the door here. See where the dust is kicked up? Yeah. Vigo, let's get, see that thermal can- camera. Alright, hang on. Here it is. Couple seconds of silence. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Radio static. Not even going back to begin to fuck with that. Let's keep going. Team lead, you copy? Is everything alright? Uh, yeah, we're, we're good. Still descending. Affirmative. Just got some static. Wanted to make sure you were good. The team continues to descend for three more minutes. Light. Look. Yeah, command. There's a light up ahead. My fair exit. Eyes open. The team descends for two minutes. Shit. Whoa, what the fuck is that? God. 
Alright, command, be advised that the bottom of the stairwell is just missing. I don't know where the light we saw is coming from, but we go down about three more steps and we're in some sort of void. I don't see a bottom to it. Copy that. Hang on, hang tight, team. We're taking a look at this. What if you drop something in? See how far down it goes. I mean, I can see how far down it goes, and it sort of looks like forever. Oh, hello, shrug. Gabe warns, go ahead and proceed back up. We'll see about another insertion point. Damn it. It's alright. We'll just... Ross, look. It's not a void. It's a liquid. It's not just reflecting light, like, at all. It's pitch black. It looks sort of like water. Hang on. Yeah, we're not gonna fuck with that either. Command, how far are we to the bottom of the stairwell? One moment. You're about 15 meters below where we expected the stairwell to end. Stellar. The topography is off here. Let's head back up a ways and see if we can find a different exit. Team lead, hold position for a moment. We're trying to determine your location right now. Hey, chief. Hold on. No, look, it's... Shut up. I'm... Oh, fuck. It's rising. Shit. Okay. All right, boys. Time to go. Fuck. Black liquid begins to quickly rise behind MTF AP3. The team moves quickly up the stairwell in relative silence. It's gaining on us. Fuck. Come on. Jesus Christ. I... Houston, grab him. Ross, help. Shit. Don't... My legs. Fuck. 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 My legs. I... There's another door up here. Hurry. Hang on. The team enters the door on the next landing. The door is slammed closed. Jesus, what happened to his legs? Shit, Houston, are you... Are you, um... Wait. What? What's happening? Do you read us? Yeah, sorry, command. That'll happen quickly. Houston fell coming up the stairs, and his legs got covered in that stuff. And now they're just gone? One clean cut. Like, they weren't there. I can actually still feel them, guys. Like, I, I can see they're not there, but it doesn't hurt. And I think I can stand up. What the fuck? Houston proceeds to stand up. He is missing his legs from his knees down, but appears to be floating as if they were still there. Vigo waves his hand underneath Houston's legs, which passes through the space un unimpeded. Uh, alright, so there's that. You aren't hurting, Houston? Nothing feels different. Okay, that's fucking crazy. Command, do we know anything about this? Negative. Alright, let's keep going then. Command, it looks like we're in a maintenance hallway or something similar. We've got pipes running up and down the walls, gauges and such. It's pretty warm here. There, on that wall. What happened to Site-13? It's a recurring phrase that keeps showing up written on the walls here. Command, do we know that's not a meme? It isn't. None of the studies we ran uncovered any anomalous uh, effects related to that phrase. We're still not sure why we keep confining it, though. Noted. Down this hall. The team continues in silence for four minutes. During this time, Noah's camera disconnects suddenly. This information was not promptly related to the task force. There's something up ahead. See? There at the corner. Is that a person? Approach with caution. Safety's off. Team approaches the target in silence. Upon reaching the target, video feed shows a severely disfigured, rotted human corpse. Age unknown, partially conjoined to the wall behind it. Several other spatial distortions are evident nearby, such as the ceiling and wall appearing to be pulled back into each other. But this is unnoticed by AP3. Ah, shit. Alright, good to finally see a familiar face. Guys, it's just Zachary. Thank God. Zachary, how'd you get down here? Silence. Us two, man. This place is fucked up. Look at my fucking legs, man. Look at this shit. Team lead, please be advised that you are under the effects of a powerful cognito hazard. We're attempting to upload a filter to your scramble visors. One moment. Nah, command, it's alright. Just Zachary. We go way back, don't we, buddy? Vigo playfully punches the corpse, dislodging its jaw. The corpse does not respond. Zachary, we're looking for some other people trapped in here. Do you know how to get to the lower levels? Shit. Okay, okay, so wait, what's below that? Silence. Uh-huh. Silence. Shit, he's right. Where's Noah? The team turns, and AP3 Noah is not seen. Ah, shit. Zachary, stay here. Noah, do you need me? Noah, it's Ross. Do you hear me at all? Come in. Where the fuck is Noah? That's uncertain, team lead. 
Please, please, please be advised that the upload is complete. Please restart your visors for the filter to take effect. The team restarts their visors. There we go. What was? Oh, Christ! Man, there's a body on the wall down here. Looks like it's been fused into or something. Our visors are tickling like crazy too. Acknowledged. Team lead, proceed. Well, look back there. You see shimmering? Is that gas? Looks like a gas leak. Oh fuck no! Look at the floor. Look behind it. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. Noah. Shit. Approaching MTF AP3 is a shimmering, transparent humanoid construct, apparently the source of the spatial anomalies in the area. As his feet touch the ground, the floor begins to wrap within space around them. Stabilizing after the energy passes by, MTF Noah is visible hanging behind the enemy, though the nature of the agent is uncertain. As a spatial anomaly, he is caught and appears to be extremely severe, and very few of his features can be made out. Noah is seen attempting to move slightly, but continues to be twisted by the anomaly, uh, the anomaly as it moves. Fucking shoot it! God damn! Open fucking fire! MTFAP AP3 fires in the entity. As the bullets approach, their trajectory changes and they twist and spin around the entity before falling harmless on the floor or lodging in the ceiling. This isn't working, Chief. We... His fucking arm! Shit. Vigo is seen turning and attempting to pull away from an unseen force. Ohalo's camera... From Ohalo's camera, a long, shimmering, transparent appendage is seen stretching towards Vigo, abstracting the wall closest to it as it moves. It wraps around Vigo's left arm, which begins to visibly distort. Vigo screams. Houston! The anchor! Oh, yeah! Houston produces the miniature, partial, uh, portable Scranton reality anchor, which he powers on and lobs toward the entity. There's a flash of red light, and for a split second, the entity becomes visible as an extremely disfigured, grotesquely elongated humanoid, which exists for only a second before the spatial distortions surrounding it are anchored and violently resized, creating a massive pressure wave in the confined space. The team is momentarily incapacitated. Oh, my arm. Vigo's left arm is bright red, but otherwise unscathed. Ohalo assesses it. The color will go away. That's just the anchor cooling down. You good? Yeah, I'm alright. Thanks. Jesus. Noah. Noah, are you there? Can any of you see Noah? Ross. Here, look. In the wall. As dust clears, AP3 Noah becomes visible, partially fused with the wall, ceiling, and floor across ten meters of the hallway. The agent is unmoving. Houston rushes. Ohala. Indistinct muttering. God, command. Can you... Do you read me? Hello? We read you, team lead. We've lost Noah. He's... In the wall. Do you want us to proceed? One moment. It's silent. Team lead, do you feel as if returning to the surface will be more dangerous than continuing your mission? I, I have no way of knowing that. We have no way of knowing what's in here. Everything here is so fucked it's incredible. I don't even know if we can get back if we wanted to. None of the other teams have. Have they? That is correct. <laughs> Honestly, whatever happens down here can't be any worse than whatever we'd see on our way back. Probably doesn't make a difference. Whatever. Let's just keep going. Affirmative. Team lead, we are preparing another team to evacuate in the event that you reach your target. Insertion time is in four hours. You're sending another task force in here? What idiots volunteered for that gig? Samsara. Oh. Alright, cool. I copy. Team continues on for a short time, unimpeded. They pass through several other areas, including a ransacked infirmary, cafeteria space melted into slag, and a wing of containment units identified as Olympia class that are no less than 100 meters in height. Eventually, the team enters a room off the main hallway that appears to be a telecommunication center. A single television is illuminated on the wall across the room. This is weird. Stay cool, guys. Search this room. Let's see if there's anything we can collect that they would use topside. These terminals have power. I'll collect a backup. There's a sound on the other end of the room, like static. Ohalo and Houston move towards the illuminated television. Is something broadcasting through this? A screen flickers and an image appears. The interior of standard containment cells is shown, though it is devoid of any comforts or belongings. A single red light behind the camera is on, poorly illuminating the space. 
A long figure is huddled in the corner. Hang on. Is that? Holy shit, it is. What is it? It's Bobble the fucking clown. At the mention of the name, the figure in the corner looks towards the camera. What? What do you want? Who is it? Jesus. Uh, my name is Carter Ross. I'm an agent with the... Actually, hang on. Who are you? The figure shifts sideways and more of its body becomes visible to the darkness. The red light illuminates its eyes. The little else of the figure can be made out. Hmm. You're different. You smell different. You know I can smell you, even from here. You don't know that, though. They did, but you're not like them. They went to great lengths to figure that out. They knew. They know. They will know. <clears throat> you're Bobble the Clown, yeah? The figure slides slowly across the wall of the cell, just out of range of the red light. Its movements are noticeably erratic and comes close to the camera. Made a number for me once, when I was Bobble. But your friends didn't like the number. Said we identified with the numbers. Mm. I am not Bobble, but I am a thing that used to be Bobble. You're not where you're supposed to be, gun buddy. You don't match the air in here. You're out of place just like I am. Just like we are. Uh-huh. What happened here? Daddy Emerson played a tricky little game with the strings of the universe. He walked on them like a tightrope and was surprised when he fell. Tricky little Emerson. Didn't just want boxes. No, no, no. He wanted boxes full of ideas. Ideas like pain, horror, death. He worked very hard to stack those boxes on a string and broke the whole thing. And we all came tumbling down with him. <laughs> How many other entities are in here? What else do you know? How many? <laughs> How many entities were swallowed by Site 13? You silly, silly, out-of-place boy. Silly little boy. Everything made its way into Site 13. If the Foundation could find it and the Coalition could catch it, it was fed into the meat grinder down here. Everything. They mulched us all out. There was nothing to gain. Some got lucky. Bobble got lucky. Stuffed in a funny box and played with. Toyed with, experimented with to see what sounds we made when we wanted to die. Others are not so lucky. They burned the library, you know. Held it upside down like a can of soup and let the contents run out. Furnace. Burned the whole place up. They did other things, too. Worse things. Daddy Emerson liked it. He watched it all, every time. Got his jollies off. What? What worse things? An identified thinker approaches the camera and comes fully into view. Illuminated by the red light. A significant portion of its body is distorted by video static that moves as it moves. The static appears to be cutting into the tissue of the figure's body, creating large lacerations that ooze a dark yellow fluid. As it moves, the figure appears to be sloughing off large portions of its mask, which are replaced with static. Half of its face sloughs as it, uh, off as it nears the camera, and one eye becomes shrouded in static. Every worse. Chief, we're picking up something on the radio. I think it's the survivor signal. We might be getting close. Alright, let's keep moving. Have fun, boys. Don't let the dead bugs bite. You see Daddy Emerson down there? Rape him to death for me. AP3 team pauses out of the telecommunications room and into the main hallway. Following the strength of the signal discovered by Deco, they near an area that appears to be a cryogenic containment unit, similar to those utilized in the defunct cryogenics Y-Wing of Site-19. As they pass through this area, command loses the signal of each member of the team, with only intermittent static being broadcast. This continues for 30 minutes before a signal is received again. Command? Command, are you there? Do you read me? Houston, we read you. Are you alright? Is everyone alright? Shit, alright, thank god. We've been trying to reach you for forever. Yeah, we found the survivors. They're holed up down in here. I don't know what you'd call this place, but it's not conductive to habitation. We're looking at 20, maybe 30 people. We found some other agents of ours, too. A few, mo few mole rats and a guy from the Travelers. They all ended up down here. Are you prepared to evac? Uh, yeah. So, that's not going to happen the way I think we wanted to. Not currently. It's a whole lot worse here than we had anticipated. Command, I don't know how they ever locked some of this stuff up. 
but suffice it to say that every single containment cell is broken open, and this shit is real. Like, really real. We keep hearing things down the hallways nearby, and like whatever is out there is looking for us. I think they're angry. They found us, and we don't have enough bullets to keep them down, let alone get these people out. Where's Ross? He's been trying to get some defenses ready with the others, in case they come tonight. It's not looking good, you know? I don't know if you guys have a backup plan, but we'll take any ideas. How long have you been down there? Uh, maybe three days? Affirmative. Apollo 3 team, please be advised that we are activating and inserting Tau-5 for rescue and recovery. Fuck yes. Tell them to hurry. That's, that was the so, end of that long log. Yeah, they were they left, they lost signal for 30 minutes, and they were down there for three days. <laughs> As, you know, the usual. You know, and then I noticed, I did check, uh, the next log is Samsara. Okay. So that's gonna be fun. Um, let me close this log. So yeah, like, it's a bit of a scroll up. The next one is the uh, extraction and recovery log. video log transcript for Mobile Task Force Tau Five Samsara. We've got uh, the lead is Irantu. Uh oh, these are names that are not. I don't. I'm gonna mess this up. Just Irantu. Irantu team members Munru, Onru, and Nanku. The following is an audio-video transcript of an extraction and recovery mission carried out by the members of Mobile Task Force Tau-5 Samsara after contact by MTF AP-3 Game Wardens with human survivors within 1730. The AP-3 team had requested assistance in extracting the survivors due to the large number of hostile entities within the site. Each member of MTF Tau-5 was outfitted with a number of cybernetic enhancements per the specifications of their design, including arm-mounted incendiary cannons, shock-absorbing leg extensions, heat-resistant plating, built-in scramble adaptations within the eyes, and others. Tau-5's insertion point was a drainage gate near the secondary entrance that the APT-3 team had been inserted through. We're plugged in. Site command, do you read me? We do. 60 seconds to insertion. So, how dangerous should this mission be considered? Not a single person they've sent in has come out yet, considerably. Acknowledged. This should be engaging. Team, check your optics. The last thing we need is somebody succumbing to a memetic hazard. Understood. I'm good. Also good. I'm good. Good. Remember, all we're looking to do here is extract the survivors. We're not attempting to contain anything, so if you see something nasty, put it down. As always, I don't need to be convinced. Team, you are 30 seconds to insertion. 10 seconds to insertion. Tau 5, you are cleared to begin extraction and recovery. Let's go. Hello there. <clears throat> Alright, I'll all continue. Right. <laughs> T5 team enters SCP-1730. Uh, I'm sorry, did you, did you want me to do something? I'm sorry, what's up? <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. No, team, what? You... I'm, con <laughs> I'm concerned. I heard you crunching or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm. I, like I said, I was going to eat my goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Hello. Well, I'll draw attention to it every time, don't worry. T5 team enters 1730 through a drainage gate under the secondary office structure. Each team member activates their shoulder-mounted lamp, illuminating the tunnel. After a short time, the team reaches another gate. Several large drainage pipes are visible behind the gate. Look, up against the gate. Bodies. No fewer than 20 charred humanoid forms in various stages of destruction are pushed up against the bottom of the gate. Several arms are pushed through the grate and are reaching out towards the tunnel. These look very burned. Where do you think they came from? Hard to say. I can't imagine they may would have made it far in this condition. There's an incinerator near here, right? Near that body pit we keep hearing about? Maybe they came from there incinerator a good place to start as any let's get into those pipes there t5 
T5 team cuts through the gate and scales the wall behind it to the largest of the three drainage pipes. Team continues on for a short time. The temperature is rising. I noticed it as well. We must be getting close. We're descending right now, too. This is strange. Shouldn't a drainage pipe run out, not in? Maybe. Maybe it's affected by the topographical abnormalities. Likely. Around to the wall is weak here. I can hear echoing on the other side of it. What's over there? Hang on. A hallway, I think. I see. Alright, we'll split up here. Munru, you and Nanku see where this tunnel lets out. Onru and I will go through this wall and see what's on the other side. And if we get killed, don't get killed. Understood. T5 team splits up, with T5 Nanku and Munru following the drainage pipe towards the source of the heat, and T5 Arantu and Onru going through the thin wall to the hallway beyond. Arantu and Onru manage to break down the concrete wall between the drainage pipe and the hallway beyond. Within the hallway are several bare offices, barely lit by dim overhead lights. The entire area appears to have been abandoned for some time. Arantu and Onru look for an elevator or stair access, but find nothing. After a short time, Onru finds a door that opens into a control room. A large glass observation window is obscured by some dark material. Many of the controls in the room have been destroyed. This is a control room for the incinerator, see? It says incinerator number one over there. Below it, it says body pit access below. I've never heard of a furnace that needed its own control room. What's blocking the window there? Blast shields? No. No. He approaches the window. These are bodies. And garbage. Refuse. Congealed and coagulated. Look, you can see faces. I see it. Our intel said that one of the engineers had blocked up the drainage pipes out of here. Nanku and Munro are probably going to run into that. I wonder if there's another way down from here. I thought we'd be able to go down through the incinerator. Hang on. Onru proceeds to look over the controls on a relatively undamaged controller near the observation window. As she does, Nanku and Munro appear at the door. It's blocked. Something has turned the end of that pipe into slag. We tried to punch through it, but it's pretty hit thick. Nanku. I broke my hand on it. Look. Holds up her hand, which is undamaged. Well, it was broken, I mean. Quiet. Onru is looking for some... Got it. Onru throws a large switch and turns several nearby knobs. There's an immense groaning sound, and the mass in front of the window begins to spin slowly. Interesting. There's a jolt, as if something had broken free, and the mass begins to spin rapidly and slowly descend. There's a distinct sound of a turbine spinning up. The team's internal temperature gauges begin to register a steady increase in heat. It's dropping. Look down there, see? The mass has cleared the window, revealing a massive cylindrical chamber on the other side, at least 300 meters in diameter and roughly 400 meters deep. At the center of the turbine is a massive shaft, extending to the full height of the chamber attached to several large turbines. As the turbines spin, the matter within the chamber is turned into a slurry. Near the top of the chamber are several pilot lights. Large holes are present around the outside of the chamber. Alright, and then... Onru throws another switch, and the pilot lights are ignited. Enormous streaks of fire cascade down from the ceiling of the chamber, scorching the mass below. Additional jets of flame begin to emit from the walls of the chamber. Look, down near the bottom. There's a sluice gate that looks like it's leading away from here. Over there, can you see? Can you get that door open? Yes. Got it. A large circular door opens near the bottom of the pit, above the level of the matter within. Excellent, though I don't think you know how we're going to get in there. The pipe is blocked. Nanku extends her arms and fires several rounds from a wrist-mounted projectile weapon at the glass window in front of them. The glass cracks and shattered, around, exposing the room around them to the heat of the chamber. Straightforward. One does what one can. The team enters the incinerator and jumps down onto a ledge below, near, near another drainage pipe. They make their way around the vast chamber, avoiding the spinning blades and ever-descending biological slurry around them. They didn't, tur they didn't turn the thing off before going into it. <laughs> You'd think that they would do that.
Nah. It's, no, it's more fun. Yeah, it's straightforward. More fun. Straightforward. One does what one can. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what do you think this is? Oh, no, that's I missed it. Something unpleasant took place here. No? Yeah, in fact, shoots a glass in Anku. All this has to be draining somewhere, likely out below us through one of these fissures. We don't have time to find out. We'll follow this pipe down and see where it goes. Team enters the open door and descends down a drainage pipe a short distance before it empties into a large cistern. The team enters the cistern, which is lit from above by a large, glowing, plant-like structure. Interesting. What do you think that is? I... I don't know. At the sound of their voices, the glowing structure begins to shake slowly, and thousands of glowing, spinning pods are released from its body. As they fall, they brightly illuminate the entire chamber. Look. The shadows. The glowing pods create vaguely humanoid shadows on the walls of the cistern, which act in an anomalous manner. These shadows appear to reach their hands up and or forward, as if towards the team. As the pods reach the slurry below, they extinguish, and the shadows disappear. Alright, which way do we go? This is a drainage pipe, leading away from the incinerator. The incinerator is underneath the power station, which is to the east of the compound. So as far as we can tell, we need to go northwest from there. So, hang on. Look over there. At what? The wall. Something is seeping through it. Was that there before? No. Approaching the wall. It's bat. It's black, shiny, and definitely seeping. Something is pushing through. What does that mean? What is it? Drainage? Unlikely. It'd probably f run off from the reactor, or... The honor approaches the wall. No, it's blood. It's leeches. What? Look. Anru points at a spot on the wall, illuminated by their, illuminated <laughs> oh by their shoulder mounted lamp. <laughs> at that spot, a thick. That was bad, dude. A flow of black fluid is seeping between a crack in the wall, and go. something small is wriggling within the crack. The team zooms in on the spot. <coughs> okay, now I'm good. The yes. team zooms in on the spot, revealing a small <laughs> writhing leech is pushing its way through the spot. It breaks through and falls to the ground. Huh. It's a leech. What's that mean? Nothing good. The small leech moves towards the biological slurry at their feet and begins to ingest it. As it does, the leech slowly begins to grow in size. Uh-oh. More of them. In the wall there, pushing through. The team looks back towards the wall where several spouts of black fluid are beginning to pour through various cracks along its surface. Several more small leeches are squirming through these cracks. Andrew, what do you see? There's something below us. It's huge, covered in other people's blood, reaching up towards us. These are like fingers. They all communicate back to the host to bring me a leech. What? You're kidding. No, bring me one. They're telepathic. They're communicating that way. I need a leech. The two moves across the room before grabbing a leech off the ground. As he pulls it away from the liquid, it struggles and squirms, biting several large chunks out of his hand. Peculiar. These people aren't normal. Pausing to look at the leech. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, one moment. Andrew extends her left hand towards the leech, which opens up to reveal a series of long, delicate, metallic rods with pointed tips. She maneuvers the rods into the flesh of the creature near the base of the brain. There. Let's see. They heard the incinerator activate. They're hungry. They're coming up here to eat. A lot of them. A host is down below us, but I can't see that far down. If I look at the neural activity of the entire network of entities, I can map out the areas they're in. Let me see if I can do something with that. There we go. You should all have it on your retinas now. Clever. So we're looking at the map? It seems too distorted to be a map. Ongoing topographical changes means that, despite the changes in the structure of the site, we're all still located within our local reality. It's just unstable. Do we know where this thresher device is? It's probably something to do with this section here. If you follow a logical structure design plan based on the evidence provided in the map, there should be a whole extra wing here, but there aren't any deletions down that way. Yeah, I can see a conduit running to that area. That's where the thresher machine is. 
What about our recovery? This area here. Several corridors lead to a large research wing, but most of them have been blocked off. Every now and then, one of the ends of the network goes dark here. The survivors are in there. What's the fastest way in from where we're at now? One moment. Three paths to choose from, even with each with different potential hazards. The first takes us further down this pipeline. Huh. Until we reach a waste treatment facility within the plant. This is the longest route, but from that facility it's a fairly direct shot towards the survivors. The second path drops us into another system below this, which leads directly to the large chamber here. The leech is in there. I can hear it right now. It's wondering why this one hasn't come back. And the third? The third route takes us through this area here, which is queer. I can hear the leeches as they move around the site. They're noisy, uncoordinated, acting on impulse and without much finesse. But in this area, they're all very quiet. They go in and out for something, but they do it very, very quietly. Nanku motions towards the ground at her feet. Look at this leech. It's the size of a cat already. Are there any other entities in here? I can't tell. The leeches all follow a single path in and a single path out. They don't stray from it, and they don't look around. Which is the fastest path? The last one is the fastest. We'll follow this tunnel towards the service door and follow a staircase towards the bottom. Once we're there, there's another hallway off to the left that takes us past that area. Or through it, maybe. And on the other side is the back entrance to our research wing. Alright. That's the one we'll take, then. Shame. Here I thought we'd be shooting leeches. We'll have plenty of chances to on our way out, I'm sure. We need to get these people out quickly. Honor, does it feel to you like the leeches are trying to get into the wing where the survivors are? Yes, there's plenty of blood in this site, but not all of it is still warm. They're becoming for, it, for them soon. The team leaves the cistern and follows a drainage pipe west. Eventually, the team reaches a service door lit by a single flickering lamp. There's something written on this door. Blood. Damn, you are fucking tired. I don't know. Here, on the wall, too. Look, what's it written in? Wait, look. Under amplifies her shoulder-mounted spotlight, illuminating the entire wall of the tunnel. The word blood is repeated over and over, scrawled across the surface of the wall in a thick, black substance. Anru turns left, illuminating several desiccated corpses in the corner at the end of the tunnel, all of which are covered in and seeping the same fluid. Unsettling. Come on, don't waste time. The team enters a service door, revealing a partial staircase. The stairs above them are intact, but the stairs below have been destroyed. The walls of the staircase are coated in cracks, through which seeps the black fluid. Why? Am I yawning again? Tired boy. Uh, I guess so. Munru lights a flare and drops it, and the team watches it fall. After a short time, the flare lands a slight splash, revealing the floor below. How large is this site? Site 19 is at least 50 underground floors and no fewer than 80 individual wings. Considering what we know about Site 13, it's likely there's at least twice as many of each, if not more. The Yuka-class containment cells are alone, alone are as large as the entirety of Site 81. Which means there could be worse things down there that nobody has seen yet. It's almost a certainty. Arantu leaps from the landing and lands near the flare, his implants absorbing the majority of the impact. The rest of the team follows suit. At the bottom of the stairwell is another door into the hallway, and the team enters it. Where to now? About 200 meters down this hallway on the right. There are several security doors, but I think they've all been disabled. Through there is... I think it's a data storage center. It's big and lined with vents that lead to the cooling towers at the surface. Where do the leeches start acting strange? In there. Wonderful. Team moves down the hallway. Sorry. Team moves down the hallway. Nanku at point, flanked by Anru and Manru, and... Irantu watches the rear. As they pass, they check each door to see if they are locked. Most doors lead to a network maintenance area, though notably one door leads to the telecommunications room previously visited by the AP3 team. One screen on the far wall appears to have been busted from the inside out. That's not unsettling. Um, yeah. Look here, this is the door to the server area. What's that door there? It's marked as stairs to cryonics. 
If I had to guess, I'd say it probably goes up to the next levels and is seated right at the top of this room. Access installation for the data center. Can we go through it? Which way is faster, Andre? The only way I see is through the server room. There weren't any leeches up there. That's very strange. There's certainly plenty of access points to that room. Very strange. Uh-oh, there's a lot of... Oh, okay, there's a lot of text here of no dialogue. Team enters to the door of the server room, as they pass through several more security doors, all of which are unlocked. As they do, the external temperature drops severely and stays steady at roughly negative 20 C. Aranto motions for the team to activate their internal heating coils, protecting their internal or organs from damage due to exposure. As the team proceeds down the hallway into the server room, Team 5 Nanku's scramble optical implant begins to activate, signaling that an anomalous meme is being filtered out. However, Team 5 Nanku had previously disabled the visual cue for the warning on her optical overlay, instead relying on the audio cue that accompanied the implant. The audio warning does not trigger at all. It is not until the team enters the primary server room that T5 Anru realizes that no sound is audible at all regardless of the source. Thinking at first it might be her auditory implant, Anru removes the implant and restarts it, but after establishing the dysfunctioning properly, she attempts to communicate with this with Anru, with Erantu. Erantu motions for the team to hold and attempt to discern the source of the anomalous influence. As they do, each team member receives the warning that the scramble filters are being triggered. Munru motions towards the door that they entered through, but Arantu motions towards the back of the server area, toward the research wing. It is during that sil this silent discussion that Nanku first notices movement across the large room. Motioning for her teammates to stay still, each team member begins to hear a quiet whining sound which slowly grows in intensity. As they huddle up, Munru notices writing on one of the server racks, written in black fluid, that says silence and then don't look. He motions towards the racks, and the team acknowledges it. Arantu motions for the team to move towards the far wall, and they slowly proceed to begin the server room with back exit. Suddenly, Anru catches a momentary glimpse of a large entity across the room and stops her teammates from advancing. She looks around the corner and sees the entity again as it comes back into view. The entity is a massive, multi-limbed figure. The primary structure of the entity is a floating, cross-legged, humanoid construct with six legs, 18 arms, and 36 forearms attached to 72 hands. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Each limb moves independently, gesturing and posing and constant sudden jerking movements. The entity does not have a head, but instead has a large, flat, circular structure attached to its upper chest that is covered in a large number of symbols and glyphs, which glow with bright white light against the entity's dark gray-brown skin. On each of the entity's arms are a gold band attached to a chain, which drags the ground when not being pulled around to one of the entity's gestures. The golden bands are etched with glyphs, later identified as being powerful anti-kineto hazards. Uh, footnote? Uh, oh god, this is a long footnote. Um... From the Site-13 research file on 86243AR-001, Maladramadion, that's the best shot I have at pronouncing that word. <laughs> Study of the activated 86243AR-001 has led to the advent of kinetology, the study of kineticism. Kinetoglyphs, or kinetohazards, are mental and physical hazards that occur when an entity performs specific gestures and motions that interact with multiple spatial dimensions simultaneously, often with disastrous consequences. An anti-kineto hazard designed to negate the effects of the active kineto hazard is typically the inverse of the kinetoglyph being performed. And though this can take the form of certain symbols and glyphs, instead of just the inverse of the actual gesture, as doing so with entities such as this would be impossible. Uh, I read the... whatever. Though the chains are broken and the anti-kineto hazards are inactive. Well, most notably, a single severely emasculated... Most notably, a single no. severely emas ema emaciated, there we go. Se severely <laughs> charred human figure is bound to the flat circular structure of the entity's head. This figure twists against its restraints and appears to be screaming, likely the whining sound heard through the entity's muting kinetohazard. Footnote. Using seven of its hand, the entity is capable of producing an advanced kinetoglyph named Alili. 
in the sacred heretic of Est, which silences all but the most intense sounds in the area. As the entity performs its gestures, the glyphs on its head illuminate rapidly, often causing burns where the human skin comes in contact with them, creating further distress and increasing the volume of that whining. T5 Anru also notices that, notices that some aspect of the entity is creating a severe malfunction in her optical implant, singeing the circuits responsible for handling the scramble calculations. She looks away, injecting the implants before they damage her retinas, and motions to the rest of the Tau 5 team to not look at the entity directly. The team acknowledges and they continue to move forward, so Anru no longer has protection against cognito hazard. Like Don't like that. Suddenly, the whining becomes dramatically louder and begins to draw closer to the team. Munru drops a proximity mine from his pack, then another short distance away. As they flee away from the entity, streaks of blue, blue electricity begin to arc between the server racks, and the ground beneath them begins to shift as if it was made of sand. As Nanku threatens to fall into the ground, there's a muffled wave of pressure behind them as the first proximity mine detonates and the ground solidifies. The team turns a corner and the back entrance of the room comes into view. From above them, they can see a hole in the ceiling exposed to the cryonics laboratory, and briefly a complicated containment cell is visible, though it is th thoroughly destroyed. A team moves swiftly around the door as white hot glyphs begin to appear on the ground beneath them and in the air around them. The team manages to duck and weave through the symbols, but T5 Nanku catches her left arm in a glyph in the air and it bursts into flame. Arantu, having seen this from the position behind Nanku, fires a weapon at her shoulder, removing the arm. It falls into the ground and explodes in a cinder. Munru reaches the door first and throws it open, and Anru follows immediately afterwards. Nanku stumbles through, collapsing on the other side, and Arantu comes up just last. Just before closing the door, Arantu turns to look at the entity closing in behind them, but no, which at this point is a very, barely visible blur of gestures, fiery glyphs, and an inhuman whine. As the door swing closed, Arantu zooms in on the humanoid figure strapped to the entity's head, enough to see the word Emerson seared into the flesh of the figure as if from a melted patch of fabric. Hmm. Arantu slams the door closed and immediately ejects his optical implants. The team rush down the corridor away from the security door and slowly the sound of footsteps can be heard around them. They reach a large open space in between several hallways and stop to catch their breath. I don't, I don't believe I know how to respond to whatever that was. What was that? I have no idea. I've never seen anything like it. There was a human strapped to his head. Did you see that? I did. I think it was shouting. Pauses and looks at her stub of her arm. I'll likely miss that arm later. These people. <laughs> I'll just, likely oh, miss that arm later. Bro. It's like, oh, damn, that's a shame. Yeah, exactly. I, I was, it's like, I was looking forward to using that. You'll be alright. Just be careful. <laughs> like I needed it anyway. I've got another. <laughs> what? You, I, okay. you have two arms, but they're both important. Whatever, Besides, man. Nanku swings her shoulder-mounted flamethrower to her left shoulder and detaches it so it hangs below where her missing arm should be. What was I really going to use that arm for anyway? <laughs> My god. These people are robots. Noted. Everybody alright? No worse for wear. I'm fine. You had your arm cut off. But it's cool. I'm alright, too. We're here. Look. The team turns to the see the hallway to their immediate east, which has been barricaded and filled with a substantial amount of explosives and incendiary equipment. Also, there hasn't been any communication with site command. Um, In a long time, yeah. Good. He approaches the barricade. Hello, this is Tau 5 Arantu. Is anyone there? We're here to get you out. Hello? There's no response. Maybe we're too late. Or not too late. Hello? Is anyone there? Can you? There's a shuffling sound, and a large wooden crate is moved slightly. Slightly. A dark face can be seen in the space between the crate and the wall. <laughs> Captain. New connection to local transmission networks. Zeta 9 mole rats? Wait, that's not the one for before. Where'd they come from? Hold it's on. not. It's not from the immediate. It's not from the one that we just read. But uh, they were oh, one yeah. of the logs that we read earlier. They time. were the one that got logs. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the ones that all just kind of... Yeah, no, they were the ones that, like... They Oh, they were the ones that got into the Thresher console. And then there's an entity and they got got. Um, they except, got I guess, not. Where are they? <laughs> they got got, but maybe not. Oh, boy. The goddamn Power Rangers. They told me about you. Pauses to survey the team. You look like you've been hit by a train. <laughs> Something like that. Well, come on, then. We don't have that much time left. Team moves towards the opening in the crates. As Munro and Nanku pass through, Onru pauses. Arantu notices this and turns to look. Arantu, look. Leeches. Black cracks have begun to form on the walls of the atrium behind them, and wriggling black leeches start to fall out of them, accompanied by a thick black fluid. Ha. Ah. So that was the end of that. Okay, um, and then the next one is a log with a bunch of teams. Have fun. Uh, well, so... <laughs> I was actually gonna suggest we know it. Um, I I was gonna suggest we still have so we still have nine, and all of ten to do. The majority oh, of ten yeah. is a little bit smaller. However, but there's also seven of them. Nine, yeah, nine is gonna take probably about twenty minutes to read. Oh my five. god, <laughs> we're at about forty-five right now. So, I think if we leave part. just the rest of this for a part three for next time, yeah, we'll okay, just finish that up. Um. Yeah, yeah, that sounds I, reasonable. Yeah, so we got through technically one <laughs> of them because yeah. point seven is addendum seven was. I'll one. have to find a spot oh. to slam an ad in here because I didn't realize we were at forty five minutes. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I it's am okay. invested in this. Yeah, well, and also fucking... I totally see why people say if there's a short film done for SCP of like big budget kind of thing, yeah. it should be this one because they're, they're... this has. There were multiple moments throughout reading that, whether I was reading or whether you were reading it, where, like, I was kind of imagining everything going on. Like, there was one point when uh, they first, the one that you were just reading when they first got into the room with the entity, I was, like, like genuinely thinking out of, it out in my head. I was like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, because that person was attacked by some kind of entity and their signal was cut off. This That captain. So yeah, I'm kind of like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, again, I guess we'll we'll finish that up next time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So we we covered point seven and technically point seven and point eight today. We'll finish it up with addendum nine and ten next time, uh, and and finish that up and conclude the three part series. I guess I don't know. Just conclude this fucking thing. That's this cool. Is, yeah. It's also slightly terrifying. I, I fucking bobble the clown. Yeah, what this is, is like a really good, if you want to just read a spooky story in this kind of a format, this is a really good kind of introduction to that sort of a SCP. It's not a tale, it's an actual thing. Um, But it's got a lot of the like kind of defining characteristics. Yeah. Of like reality bending, topology being wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So Containment I, I don't think... breach. Emerson getting dis erased. This entire yeah, this entire thing is a containment breach on a mass <laughs> scale. So, yeah. Big yeah, I think the fact that he had his name part. seared into his head from like, his name tag or whatever. Yeah. That's a that's that's a rough way to go. Yeah, because th that right entity right is definitely intentionally keeping him alive. Yeah. Because from what I've seen, every single like entity that's been contained here just hates that dude so well, much. Because he, he, he was like, the site director yeah. that was ordering them to be burned. 
Yeah, and so also I, having them be killed blinded. and resurrected and such. Exactly. Yeah. So again, I was gonna say, like, it's a little. Their hatred's a little bit. He warranted. deserves it. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a just a tad. I um, am excited to see what happens though, because yeah. now we're getting things coming together. Like we know where the leeches are coming from. That they're like kind of normal leeches. They're telepathic. They have a big one. Um, we know there's this thing that's like anomalous through gestures with thirty with seventy two hands. That also. That kind of floats, but it still has legs. We had that entity that drew, like, symbols on the walls and floated yeah. through them. That one that, like, put people inside the walls. Yeah, poor Noah. <laughs> Man's got stretched. Yeah. This is interesting. It's all, like, coming together, too. Yeah. So you got yeah, the extraction set up, set up log a lot tabs. of different, like, perspectives and are kind of... Yeah, so next time, we got extraction log transcripts and then seven debriefs on it. Um, the debriefs are, are fairly... They're long. interviews with the people that got out. So we know it succeeded. Partially. Yeah. yeah Maybe. Some people got out, at least. Um, I am excited the, the, for number nine. The debriefs nine. are a little bit smaller, but I think I think we'll be able to work our way I through. I think they're going to be like a post-log kind of thing. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Like, Extraction Log 9 feels like the climax. Or Addendum 9, rather. I mean, it's, it's long as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And also, um, like everything's happening they're gonna run into something yeah multiple things more than likely yeah um yeah i don't think i don't think i don't know if i don't personally have anything else to say about this um i don't either um okay right, yeah so i'm very I, interested in this yeah i think we can go ahead and wrap up everything here so again fucking tune in next time on that shit i feel like we should attempt to do a recap at the beginning of next episode so there's yeah some sort of base knowledge definitely Definitely. Uh, so we'll just have to remember to do it. Uh, Even if it's just not, for us. You guys can yell at us. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely <laughs> for us, too. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, that's all for this one. We'll see you guys next time for the end of this stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. And another note, with this one, we with this episode's recording, we are officially ahead of the schedule. So after a few more weeks of successfully doing this... Um, successfully <laughs> i don't know we might do something with that who knows we, we might be able to start doing but we're not going to be missing episodes anymore yeah yeah that, that's for sure that's behind us it's beneath us uh anyways yeah so that that's all for this one uh again see you guys next time for the end of this of what happened to site 13 until then uh have a good day goodbye my, my boy good bye <laughs>